Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan. I have conversations with coaches, spiritual explorers, and thought leaders from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. In this episode, I'm thrilled to dive into the work of Judith Maxey, whose exploration into alternative and traditional healing practices began while pursuing a master's degree in applied anthropology, exploring the cultural roots of healing. Judith is the owner of Almas Energy Medicine, has been practicing energy medicine for over 15 years. She is an experienced and certified Usui Holy Fire and Karuna Reiki master teacher, mentor, shamanic practitioner, meditation guide, and essential oil specialist. In 2023, she also became a certified end-of-life doula. Welcome, Judith. I've really been looking forward to our conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. And I reached out to you a few months ago, and I just we had so much in common. I was like, oh, I've just got to get Judith on the podcast. <laughs> I'm so glad you did. I know. And I, I actually went through the different podcasts and listen, and you've had so many great people on here and so many wonderful themes. So thank you for doing this. Okay, it's hard for me to imagine this, but this is episode 152. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations. Thank Beautiful. you. Thank you for bringing this out into the world and hearing people's voices and all that we're doing. Thank you. Thanks. Well, you know, I just said in 2023, you also became a certified end of life doula. And what led you to become an end of life doula? Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say that I did the training. I'm actually not offering those services right now, but I had actually um, a friend and someone who was in my mentorship program for Reiki, a Reiki practitioner mentorship program. She is also um, a teacher. She's an RN and has done end-of-life doula work for many years, and she happened to be teaching a course. And I was just drawn to it. Um, She I don't know the full spectrum of perspectives for end-of-life doulas, but I think hers is a little bit different. She works with the seasons, um, so hers is very nature-based, her philosophy, so it's it's wonderful. She brings in her many decades as a nurse in the medical field and also brings in a shamanic perspective and working with nature and really seeing the life cycle and end-of-life through the lens of the elements. So that's why I was drawn to it. It seemed to work with my um, my own work. And I'll be really honest, I was in part drawn to it because my father had passed away. And I didn't think we did a very good job <laughs> understanding what it was like. And taking that course, the certification, made me realize most of us don't have any experience at the end of life, you know, the way our world and our culture has evolved, we really don't know what's happening at the end of life. We tend to just push people away or they're in the hospital. And so for me, it was a little personal. I wanted to be able to do that better and understand the process more and eventually offer those services. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that 
Judith, and, and, I'm, and I'm very sorry to hear about your father, And but I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but over 10% of my um, episodes are with death doulas and grief coaches. Mm. At the beginning of my podcasting journey, it was really important to, you know, to invite the end of life doulas and the grief coaching, the grief coaches on the show, because I really felt like grief was not being talked about enough. It was like that elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. And I thought if we were able to talk about it more, bring it out into the open, it would be less I'm going to say scary for people Mm -hmm. to understand that's just a part of life. Yeah, well, grief is a a big topic in my work right now. (laughs) Um, Both personally, having experiencing a lot of endings, a lot of changes and transitions in the last few years. And in my practice, I see grief every day, no matter what people come in for what they think they come in for, there's always an underlying level of grief right now, I feel, um, in part because of the pandemic. We just simply did not acknowledge the grieving that might have happened, that should have happened, because we have a very, in my opinion, we have a very narrow um, perspective on what grief is. Well, you address your grief when someone dies and then you're over it. And then, you know, like everything else in our culture, uh, we deal with it. We take it off our checklist and and we're done. Or we don't have any even idea what grief is and how it can show up. So I feel like in the last few years, there's been a lot to grieve, whether it was the loss of a loved one or a lifestyle, a plan, Um, I know most of us on these calls are in midlife. There's a lot of grief at this time of our lives. And, you know, I I don't want to, I don't believe that all grief is the same or anyone is more intense or more meaningful or more important than others. But there are a lot of types of grief. And so you might be grieving your kids being gone or going in another stage or (laughs) grieving the fact that your body is not like it used to be. (laughs) So there's just so many levels of grief. And, and so really, my in my practice, I ask that as a question. You know, at at the end of my intake, I'll generally say, so how are you with grief? Um, And that's an interesting way to ask it, because people will stop for a minute. Um, If grief isn't in the forefront of their mind, they'll think, how am I with grief? And then that opens up a conversation or why would you ask me about grief? And then I can launch into, you know, humanity is in the middle of a grieving process. Humanity is in the middle of our nervous systems being a little bit tweaked because we haven't been doing the emotional work from the last few years as a collective, not even addressing what we've all gone through individually. So yeah, grief is a big topic in my work. I love that you asked that on your intake form, by the way, because that is such a a huge question. And 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 like you said, it can be in so many different areas of our life. Yeah, and you said it. It's sort of the elephant in the room. I mean, people, we can be just, you know, swimming in the energetic of grief, and many people don't even know that they're in it. Um, you know, I, I know that we have essential oils in common, and we might address this later in the conversation, but. 
I'm a doTERRA wellness advocate, so I use mostly doTERRA oils. I believe in their quality. But I use a snow lotus um, aromatherapy oil that was created by an, a five-element acupuncturist. Um, and it's called sedate metal. And so from the Chinese medicine perspective, it's about metal. And it's very good in fall for the lungs where we hold grief. And it is a blend of amorous atlas cedarwood, geranium, and copaiba. And I would never even attempt to blend it the way that Peter Holmes does. It's just an amazing blend. I keep it in my office. I go through it. I, I give it out to my clients. But the magical um, combination of those oils becomes this grief blend. And like many of the oils, sometimes we can't even understand their frequency or their magic or the qualities that can affect our soul. You know, I, I believe that those four plants in particular have something at their own soul level, their own plant spirit that combined can really reach um, that area of us. And I keep pointing to my lungs because that's generally where we hold grief. And so I will oftentimes offer this essential oil, ask people to rub it on their chest and just smell it. And it has been so important for me and, and many of my clients. And I feel like it's sort of an adaptogen. You know, if someone doesn't really, um, they're not really addressing grief, if I could personify the magic of this oil, of this blend, I would say that it lends a hand and says, come with me, <laughs> let's explore. How is your heart feeling? Um, let me sit with you with grief and you can have insight and gently, it's always gentle, and gently explore that. And yet I've also experienced and have it help people who are sitting, you know, like I think we all have at some point in that awful depth of grief where you can't really get off the floor kind of grief like you're really deep in it and I feel like again these plants offer this hand saying allow me to help you out of that um, it's just extraordinary and so I will use it in a session and then typically send a little bit home and tell people to use it for 7 to 21 days and just be with the experience and allow themselves, you know, for one thing, it's a ceremony, and I'm big on ceremony. Um, it's a ceremony, it's something to do, and it makes you sit with your feelings and sit with the plants. So, yeah, I mean, we I could talk about grief in so many ways. Um, I'm so happy that there are end-of-life doulas for the person who is passing and also for everyone involved and that's what I found was um, really was there was so much learning um, in my end of life doula training about that about the interactions between the caregivers and what was happening for everyone how to be aware of the cues and like everything else, Cindy, <laughs> again, I feel like I say a certain few things throughout the conversation, but it's about being present. It's about connecting heart to heart and being present and um, present with yourself and present with the person in front of you. Yeah. 
So, Judith, thank you so much for going um, in depth a little bit more about about that blend, which sounds amazing, by the way, mm-hmm. and just talking about about grief because it is it is really just so important. And I was going to ask you to really, if we could just start off the conversation by by sharing a bit about your background. I mean, I did a you know just a few little sentences on you, but share a little bit about your background and how you got started mm-hmm. in the in the world of Reiki and essential oils. Sure. Well, I haven't listened to every podcast, but if you've had Reiki practitioners on here, I know you've had a few. Um, it was a very typical situation. Reiki came knocking at my door. <laughs> I say this in my classes. I hear it from students. It just happens. And you know, I was going through a little bit of a difficult time. I had two young children. I was dealing with anxiety, trying to figure out what I was doing in my life. And all of a sudden, Reiki was everywhere. I hadn't even heard of the word or the practice. I would walk into a coffee shop and I would hear people talking about Reiki. I would look at a, you know, a billboard and it would talk about Reiki pamphlets. I mean, it was just everywhere. And so I really started noticing, what is this Reiki thing? And then the clincher for me was, I was taking my kids who were young at the time to the library. We got set up. I turned around and at eye level, I kid you not, was a book about Reiki. And I just threw my hands up like, okay, (laughs) I get it. (laughs) What's what's the message here, spirit? Um, And so I looked into a course and there happened to be a fellow um, mom at my children's school who was offering a class. And I just, I said, I have to take this class. I don't even know why, but I'm being drawn to Reiki and I'm going to Google it and figure out what it is. And and I remember my husband at the time said, are you sure you don't want to experience it? And I said, well, I guess. And so he got me a session. And of course, that just blew my mind. And I, there wasn't a question like, yes, I need to figure this out. I need to explore this. So I took my first class with more of a traditionalist. I absolutely loved it. I had to wait three months as the traditional um, practice goes, did Reiki too, and just knew this this is my work. Um, this is my calling. And then I took the master training, worked it into my life, and I saw just family and friends for a long time. And then I just knew it needed to be a practice. So I started a small Reiki practice. I And I actually worked in hospitals. I volunteered at Compass Oncology and one of the... Um, acute center wards here in town in Portland, Oregon. Um, That is a beautiful experience for any Reiki practitioners. Offering Reiki in that sort of setting is um, one of the best things you can do in life and for your practice. And then I started um, in the same community that my Reiki practitioner, my Reiki um, teacher, I'll give her a shout out, Colleen Benelli. She's with the International Center for Reiki Training. She was also involved in the light song community of um, 21st century shamanism and energy medicine. So I started doing core shamanism training as well. And it's a perfect blend. I think you had asked earlier, you know, how those work together. And I'll just say that Reiki is a tool to use with any technique. I feel like it amplifies your presence, your being. It's a tool you can use with just about anything. So I was knee-deep in my core shamanism training, my Reiki practice. At that time, I was working with spirit allies that really allowed me to 
access consciousness to be in that what we strive to get to with Reiki and that's being of um, or that state of oneness your connectedness to all living things and enter the essential oils so I had been using balance which is a doTERRA blend because I thought my gosh balance feels like it's like the natural smell of what you feel like after a Reiki session so I was offering all of my clients a little balance bringing that home so it could go up into their olfactory system and remind them of how wonder they felt wonderful they felt after the Reiki session and I had that one blend that was it for the longest time and then someone said to me, oh, you know, really, if you're going to just use that blend, you should sign up. And so I did. And there was the world of all of those plant allies. And so I started working with them individually. And I realized that they would come to me in my sessions. All of a sudden, I would smell something. And that really wasn't one of my um, my gifts, my psychic abilities, um, to be able to have smell in there. But visually and through smell I started working with the plants as it was as if the plant kingdom just like Reiki was saying hello <laughs> you are meant to use us and and we're meant to work together and so I started bringing in essential oils the plants to my work and I just feel like the combination of the shamanic practices that you know I'd say in general allow you to work with larger um, larger energies than yourself Reiki and the miracle, the magic of the plants, you know, getting to work with those three in a session with someone is a powerhouse. It's so supportive. And in my sessions, I really, I let the body guide. And so I'm not always using everyone. Well, I have to take that back. I'm always using Reiki and I'm always thanking my allies, including the plants. But what happens in a session for my clients really depends on where the body leads us. Um, so that's how I started, just with this knock on the door with Reiki, and it took me um, to where I am today. And what I do want to tell you a story. A, a few years ago, I was working with an astrologist, and she looks at your moon cycle, and I really wasn't sure where I was going with my practice. So work, my workhouse was something I was interested in. And so she had me go back. It's hard to explain how she does it, but she has me go back to the, these specific years in my life and said, what was going on here? What was going on here? What was going on here? And lo and behold, I realized that, oh, over 25 years ago, my husband and I were in Seoul in South Korea, and I took my very first... Um, shamanism course in preparation for my anthropology degree. I was interested in it and Korean shamanism is fascinating. And so looking back, you know how, I mean, okay, we're all midlife. We're all doing that, <laughs> right? Yes. Looking yeah. back and seeing the connections and thinking, wow, it was right there. Well, I did that with shamanism and my work in energy medicine. And I could see at various points of my life, these really um, these markers. So that was the beginning. The next year, I took my first Reiki class. The next year, I did a shamanic course. I mean, it was just, it gives me chills to think about, you know, this has been going into my life, coming into my life, and I didn't even really realize it. And then there was a part in a reading where she said um, something about um, the word shaman. 
and I literally got chills and also a sense of um, overwhelm. You know that feeling you get when you know you're supposed to do something or something yes. really resonates with you and it makes you both excited and a little nervous? <laughs> That's yes, a word, I do. <laughs> right? <laughs> that was the feeling that I got. And I will also say that with in, in that course of figuring it out and different trainings, I became very aware that this is something that is in my ancestral lines. It's in my blood. You know, I'm a, I'm a cancer. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a caregiver. And I, it's just, it's my soul's work. I feel most alive when I'm doing this work. And when I say that work, I mean the work of helping people find their light, find their true self, um, get rid of the layers of stuff that we have as energetic beings, as soulful beings, and to work in the unseen. And so all of those things, Reiki, core shamanism, and essential oils, we oftentimes can't see things with our eyes, but there's the energetics are running through quite strongly. And I my my work in life is really to bring that to more people. So you know, Judith, you're absolutely right about, you know, here we, and most of my listeners are in midlife, and about looking back and connecting those dots. And we're, we're all doing it. And you just said something that just reminded me, I am, um, for each of my podcast episodes, I have a quote that I put at the top, you know, of the, of the episode. And the one that I was going to put and at the top of this episode is there is a voice inside that does not use words. Listen. And it's by Rumi. Yes, absolutely. I, I was thinking about quotes and I thought, gosh, what if Cindy asked me, what's my favorite quote? Like, Oh my, I mean, I could take a day trying to figure that out, but I, I will tell you that there's one in my, um, in my plant speak course, on the section on intuition that is, it, it's exactly what you said in different words. Um, let's see, it's, it's by um, Madeline Lingle, who's a author and poet. She wrote Wrinkle in Time. It's, don't try to comprehend with your mind. Your minds are very limited. Use your intuition. Mm, I love that. I got cold bumps, right? chill bumps when you read that. Yeah. And I included it. Well, I would say I include that idea in everything I do, not just that course on building relationships with oils, but that's part of the work in sessions is to gently but intentionally move people from that thinking mindset to the feeling mindset. And I believe that our feeling and our intuition and our imagination and our creativity and our life force is all in that you know, it's it's in the same space. And I typically talk about it as the left brain and the right brain, which, you know, are terms that a psychologist gave us years ago. And it, it's not completely true. We can't be in our left brain or our right brain only. We're complex humans. But it gives also gives us humans something to um, to attach to, to, to think about a sort of framework for ourselves. Like I'll explain that the left brain is our more analytical self, our to-do list self, the linear um, 
it helps us. You know, I'm, I'm also really a great advocate of giving thanks to all parts of our being. So while I'm moving people away from that left brain, I also like to say, you know, we give great thanks to that part of us. You, know, you couldn't have driven here in your car to get to this appointment without your left brain. So thank you, left brain, for helping us get all the things done. And now we're going to quiet that down, you know, because what happens to us at all points in our life and daily is we get stuck in that left brain. We try to figure things out, try to be analytical. And when we can quiet that down and move over to the right brain, move over to the feeling self, that's where we can make impact. Um, That's where we can heal. That's where we can get in touch with ourselves. And so, you know, for many people, I'm going to just circle back to the listeners and many of us being in that midlife stage it is about learning to understand our intuition in a new way. We view, you know, many of us have had careers or families, been mothers, been this, been that. We're using our intuition in a new way. And now we're in the crone age. We're, we're moving into something else. And so we get to look back. I think it's really important. I, I am a full believer in ceremony. We should ceremoniously look back at our life and be grateful for those things and our intuition to examine how have we used our intuition? What is my relationship with it? And how am I going to use it going forward? Because that's a big thing at this stage in our life. What do we want next? You know, how do we examine that? Um, And so for me, finding your new version, it's always been you, but how you want to bring your intuition into your life at this stage is truly important work. What do we want to let go of? What do we want to bring in more of? Where is our heart taking us? And all of that's, you know, again, in the unseen world we can get to. You know, you're you're talking about ceremony, and I really would like to ask you, are there specific rituals or practices that service, you know, symbolic gateways to the beginning of a new year or a new adventure as we're talking about mm-hmm. connecting those dots. But I also, I, I was on Instagram this morning and I was I was looking at something and I saw this quote. I just wanted to read this because I think this is a perfect place. And it was from Shaylee Chopra. And she had been on a podcast and she said, Reinvention and finding your path is not a one-time thing. That journey is a lifetime because at every moment we learn something new and we are more than we were yesterday. So reinvention is a state of being. It's not one definite event. And I just love that. I absolutely love that. Yes, life is a process. It's a journey. There's no end point. Yes. Oh, I love that quote. Thank you. You have to send that to me. Yes. I will. Yes. Yeah. Well, and to answer your question about ceremony, I think ceremony can be a big part of that. Um, You know, we don't do ceremony for endings. We're doing, for me in my mind, we're doing ceremony for insight, for inspiration, for marking things. And to answer your question about um, New Year celebrations, I've had the great fortune of going to a firewalk. A good friend and colleague, Karen Hefner, 
I can send you her information. She's at ignitingspirit.com, and she offers, she's a certified um, firewalk ceremonialist. And for one, harnessing the energy on New Year's Day is quite spectacular. Whether people are going through with their intentions or not, which is debatable, right? (laughs) We tend to do it in the moment, and then, you know, three days go by, and we've forgotten about our New Year's intentions. But that day is a powerful time to set intentions collectively. There are a lot of there's a lot of energy going into that, and then the the firewalk has a lot of elements. And whether you go to a particular firewalk for your New Year's ceremony or not, I'll tell you that the elements include gratitude, ceremony, release, and looking forward to what what you want to bring in. And so whatever you do, I would say, mark it, do it in community, say it out loud. What do you want to release? What do you want to bring into the new year? And work with the elements, work with water, write things down together, burn them in the fire, the things you want to release. I mean, we have the elements to help us. Um, Karen does the firewalk because the fire is extremely transformational. And so we would gather all collecting all touching and blessing each bit of wood for that fire. And if people choose to walk across those hot coals at the end and have that as part of their experience, they can. It's a transformational um, event. So I would suggest um, your ceremony be specific to you and what you're comfortable with, and most importantly, what you will actually do. You know, we can look at a lot of different ceremonies, but what calls to you? Do you want to gather in a big crowd? Do you want to gather with your three closest friends in the darkness with the candle, being grateful, saying out loud what you want to get rid of? You know, I think those elements are the important part. Again, gratitude, community, release, and calling in what you would like for the new year or or your life. And I'll say that, I would suggest those same elements <laughs> for any ceremony. It doesn't have to just be at New Year's, but anytime you, you feel called to it, you're ready to make that declaration. And of course, you know, in my world, bringing in your spirit allies, bring in the, the all aspects of your ancestors, look into your ancestry. Um, our ancestors can be great support, our family lines. And... The natural world, maybe you work with a particular animal spirit, or for me, I love the plants. Um, They can be your allies. So bring all of those elements in. So you might sit with friends around the fire with a candle and anoint yourself with an oil that goes along with your intentions. Maybe you want to love your body more. So I would suggest anointing magnolia. Um, But make it personal. You know, this is personal work. So many times I get asked, what oil is for this? Or what would you suggest? And I like to say, I need a little bit more information (laughs) because this is personal. And what one plant essential oil can do for one person may be different for the next and even your relationship with the plant over time will change one one time in your life um, an oil might bring you inspiration another time it might help you ground so it's very personal 
So keep asking questions. What is important? Um, what do I want to call in? You have it. We all have it within us. Follow our heart light to guide when, in whatever ceremony you create. Yes, please send me her information and I will put that in the show notes because I, I, I plan on releasing this on December 19th. So there's still plenty of time oh, for wonderful. people to, to get ready and, you know, find their community. Yes, absolutely. So when we're talking about essential oils, and I love that you call them plant allies. I love that. So if, we, if we're thinking about plant al- allies for a new beginning, you know, I'm saying new year or a new beginning, something new. Mm-hmm. Do you, well, again, I know that you just said it's personal, but do you have a couple that t- could start somebody off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, hmm. General ones. I will say that most of the work we're doing, and I call it work, but it, it can be fun, is about remembering our sacredness. And so I would recommend frankincense to anyone and everyone, no matter what their goals are. Um, frankincense has been used for hundreds of years in sacred ceremony and for me I use it with my clients and I spend a moment saying to them smell this oil the sacredness in this oil and remember that you are sacred Mm, beautiful so frankincense would be one of the oils that I would use Um, let's say for example someone is working with the idea of trust, trusting what the new year is going to bring, I would bring in Jasmine. Jasmine is um, very supportive for trust, opening our heart. All the floral oils really are heart opening. Um, but maybe I'll circle around to the beginning of our conversation and maybe your new year intention or wherever you are in that stage of life is moving through grief. And so maybe you bring in doTERRA's console or the blend I recommended earlier, Sedate Metal, and meet your grief. Maybe that's a layer to help you move through. You know, we're, all, we're always cycling. Um, we're always moving through our layers. We are dynamic beings. You know, with every breath we take, our energetic frequency is changing with every experience. So those are a few of the oils that I would recommend in general. Um, Let me just think about this for a moment for moving on to new adventures. Well, I would also say bergamot. Um, It is balancing. um, Its constituents are balancing for women. Um, Both bergamot and neroli actually can be used mm -hmm, on that ear shen men point. So they're balancing your energy And I actually work with them, with my clients, and I will say, let's call all of your pieces in. And so you you might use this as you move on to a next stage. It's important to be whole. So with both of those oils, I would place them on that point and give a little Reiki and ask people to go through their lives. This is one way we can do it. Go through your life, just get into a meditative state, Trust your intuition to guide you. Don't go searching for things. When we, when we tap into our intuition, the right, the right experiences will come to mind. 
And so I'll ask people to go through their life and think about the times that maybe they gave away their energy or they were in a situation where they had a lot of energy taken and to, to visually see what that looks like and to just bring it back. And so we do a little ceremony with these oils in bringing back all parts of you. It's almost like a little mini soul retrieval that you get to do yourself um, and your intention and the Reiki and the plant allies are so helpful in that. Um, so those are a couple other oils and how I might use them. How do you feel about forgive as a new beginning type oil? Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, we all need to forgive ourselves, right? Yes. The, yes. the plants in that are supportive in, for me, a, a larger process in looking at, if we really sit with that smell and with those plants, allowing ourselves to open up to the energetic of forgiveness so that we can see it in a larger way. It's not just about having something done to you and forgiving a person. Forgiveness is so much larger than that, a little bit like grief, right? Yes. So for me, I like to use that oil again in a, in a little mini ceremony and asking, you know, sit with the oil, smell it. First, let it go up in your body and then smell it again and really let the, the magic I'll just say magic of those plants, the spirit of those plants mingle with your own frequencies. They all have energetic frequencies. And take a look. What, what is it that I want to forgive? How can I work with the idea of forgiveness and work from your heart? Maybe you do want to forgive somebody that there was a, a prickly situation. Maybe you want to forgive yourself. Maybe you want to give forgive yourself for choices. Maybe you want to forgive the world <laughs> for its crises. Um, but to really explore forgiveness in a larger way. I, when I sat down to meditate before we got on the um, squad cast, that was the oil that came to me mm. to kind of sit with. Nice. And that's why I was asking you about how you felt about that for a new year or a new beginning, because I don't know, and maybe it's what you talked about earlier, the the bergamo inside of it is about self-acceptance mm -hmm. and self-love. Yeah, I am constantly amazed, you know, I'll find a blend from doTERRA and then really dig into it and think, wow, who is the master blender that made that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always so grateful. Um, you know, the other thing from an energetic point of view, what happens you know, why do we need to forgive? Why is that an important process? Well, we get stuck, that anger or resentment or whatever it is, stress, you know, there can be all sorts of things. They're little tiny bundles of energy that are stuck in our body. And so I would also recommend to people when you're thinking, when you're using your plant allies, when you're using forgive, whatever you are called to use, imagine that those little pieces of you are dissolving that's how we stay healthy. That's the basis of Reiki really is to find those points that are stuck. And for me, they often um, show up as, and I feel them as tight bundles of energy or stuck energy. And so 
forgiveness is also about letting those dissolve. And so I'm a real advocate of working with imagery. And so if I were to um, engage in a even a little mini five-minute ceremony about forgiveness, I would also look to the body and see what's happening. And you might just ask your body, please show me. You know, when I'm, when I'm in a state of forgiveness, how can my body shift? And at midlife, you know, there's a pretty fair chance that we're going to have some stuff in there. <laughs> it's a lot of years, <laughs> right? So you might even say over time, and you might be surprised at what you're holding, what energetics and what things come to you when you ask, what, what, what can I work on for forgiveness? Um, and then allow it really to soften your body. Find the places. You know, we hold resentment and shame and anger and all sorts of things in various parts of our body. There are classic places that humans store these things. We, store, we can often store stress in our spleen area. We can store anger and frustration in the liver and the gallbladder. Absolutely, yes. And I would go to those places as a practitioner to explore. But I've seen humans lodge those feelings in all parts of their bodies. <laughs> and so to really just ask yourself, please show me, help me identify, allow me to feel. Where are those pieces that are tight within me, that are prohibiting me to get to forgiveness. And so I would combine those, um, those thoughts and intentions with forgive. How, how do you feel about journaling? When, you, when you're taking a client through a, a session, mm-hmm. do you recommend journaling when they're, when they're using the plant allies? Oh my God. Or after a Reiki session. 100%. Okay. You know, two things are certain that I'm going to say some, to someone if they've had a session. Drink twice as much water today and get out your journal. The, the act of journaling is crucial. <laughs> you will work through the process again and maybe even more once you journal about an experience like a session, even if it's a mini session that you have with a group of friends or by yourself with a candle or sitting with an essential oil, have the experience, be full body, heart and soul into that experience and then sit down and journal and see what else comes to you and free write. Don't think about punctuation. Don't think about anything. Just let it rip. (laughs) And I almost feel like you get a second session, you know, you're able to look at things with a different lens. So I'm an absolute believer in journaling. Journaling has helped me process emotions. It is I gain insight, you know, there's something about stopping our daily lives and dedicating the time to you. Yes. Mm. Journal, journal, journal every day. <laughs> Judith, you are just amazing. And with and I'm resonating with absolutely everything that you're saying throughout this whole conversation. What does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Mm. Exploring the seasons of life, um, you know, I work with the seasons um, in general, you know, the, the cycle of life, 
the medicine wheel, the energies of the east for new beginnings, the energies of west, that vibrance and fullness in your light. I mean the south, um, the energy of the west, which is autumn, which is release, and then the energy of the north, which is that final ending. And so for me, um, we can look at the seasons of our life, but we can also look at the seasons of each day, each experience, each relationship. And so while I think it's so important to see our, uh, our life in totality, in looking at the seasons of life, and certainly now for women, because we get a little bit robbed at this stage, right? <laughs> this is a beautiful beautiful and can be empowering stage of our life but we don't have a lot of support in the larger culture to to support that i mean we're looked at in a different way as if we're shriveling we're not important anymore there's there's no room in our larger culture for the wisdom um, that we have that we embody at this age and so we as women don't even know we have it many times and so i absolutely believe that looking at every season of your life, examining it and cherishing and harnessing and exploring what the gifts are at each season, including the end of life, um, is important. And I would say that it's important to know that those energetics, those that part of the cycle, is important to look at in everything we do. We look out at the plant world right now, you know, we're, we're just finishing being in the time of the West, which is about release and it's connected to autumn. And so we look outside and we see how naturally the leaves just drop their, I mean, the trees just drop their leaves. Like they're not thinking about it. <laughs> right. Maybe they are. I haven't asked them. Maybe I should ask them. But, you know, we see this process in nature is my point that things have a cycle. Watch your plants in your yard. You know, become more aware that there is a cycle to everything. And when you can bring that into your life, into your day, um, have it in your mind that you are like every living thing and that you get all of these beautiful cycles. And even in our relationships and what we decide to do in our life, everything's going to have a beginning and an ending and a release and a joy and a fullness. And so to bring those the energies of each of the directions, each of the cycles of life into the forefront of your mind at all times in whatever you do. That, for me, um, is what I think of when I think of seasons of life. That was beautiful. And I had not thought, and I had, and I really don't think anybody has um, phrased it the way that you do, you did, about looking at, for example, our relationships, the seasons mm -hmm. within our relationships. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, even our relationships, mm -hmm. whether they're our, um, our, with our friends or our family or our loved, you know, our, our husband. Um, yeah. Is all, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we can acknowledge that that is a part, that is a natural part of everything. I think it helps us. That can be yeah. its own support. But again, we um, mainstream culture has this 
narrative that we must stay in the energy of the South, <laughs> in vibrance and wholeness and peak energy all the time. And it's really such a disservice to us that we don't acknowledge and respect the whole cycle, the beginning, the freshness, the awe. You know, if we don't go through the cycle in many circumstances and let the ending happen, we don't open up space for the next part of the wheel, and that's the new beginning. And sometimes the new beginnings, the deaths, the release, the fullness, your true self, sometimes it doesn't look like we think it's going to look. And that's just plain and simple. You know, it's, it's, it's not always evident to us, but if we can have the, the trust and belief that we are a living being and everything around us is part of a cycle, to start looking through that lens, um, it's a different way of walking through life. Yeah, it is. So before we wrap up, as an energy medicine practitioner, what advice would you give to someone who is interested in exploring, you know, holistic healing practices or embarking on their own healing journey? Mm-hmm. And and I and I believe that their own healing journey is the first place to start. Absolutely. But, so what advice would you give them? Oh my gosh, you know, we are blessed right now in that the world of energy medicine is exploding. We're seeing ancient wisdom come back in new forms while giving respect to it. You know, there are so many different ways that um, we can enter into this world. Of course, my perspective and my experience, Reiki, taking a Reiki class, you don't have to be a Reiki practitioner, but Reiki is healing, is empowering, is a way of life. So I would suggest Reiki to everyone, honestly. I, you know, in my ideal world, um, you'd get attuned to Reiki as a kindergartner and you'd learn to use your hands and know your true self from the get-go. Every woman that had a baby would be, you know, we'd make sure that she got off, she left with a car seat and was attuned to Reiki <laughs> because we can... Um, it's a, it's a meditation. It allows you to heal. It brings you to your true self. So it's simple. Everyone can do it. So that's a great starting point um, for me. I would suggest that. I mean, I, could apply, I, I think that would go, yeah. I mean, for everyone, Reiki, meditation, stillness, um, yeah, I would say stillness is on the top of my list, but you know, not no surprises. We get when, as we're entering, you know, as we're in the winter, it's time to to be still. Look at nature. Um, yeah, does that answer your question? It yeah. does absolutely. <laughs> okay. It does. And do you have? And and I have to say, I sent you enough questions that I wanted to talk about for three podcast episodes. Well, let's and go. there's. So so much more. But is there anything for this particular ending of this podcast that you want to share that I haven't asked you, but that you feel is important? And also please share with people how they can work with you, your website. Mm-hmm. Well, I do know that this will be coming out um, in winter. So my suggestion to everyone is to have the beautiful holiday cheer and remember to be still 
harness the wisdom of nature. You know, if we can look at what happens to our gardens or a bulb, there's some stillness, there's darkness, and there's a lot of magic. So to make sure that we all spend time doing the things that we love with family, in community, but also to reserve some time for ourselves and to go within. It's a beautiful time for that. Mm, um, thank you. Mm-hmm. And my website is almasreiki.com. And on there, you can find links to one-on-one sessions, Reiki classes. And right now, I'm focused on my Reiki Practitioner Mentorship Program, which will be starting at the end of January. It's a phenomenal journey. You, It's so rich. And I actually have started a new module um, incorporating essential oils because I think it's so important and an, another great toolbox or something for the toolbox for a Reiki practitioner. But like everything else that we've talked about, it's a journey. You'll become an absolutely um, ready and wise practitioner with many, many tools. But this work, we talked about this, it also is an exploration into the self. And so there's a lot of personal expansion. And I also want to say that in 2024, I'll be coming out with Plant Speak retreats. And that's for the doTERRA community to, um, there'll be retreats to learn how to build relationships, spiritual, personal, energetic relationships with the oils. And so it's, it's a lot of meditation. And um, it's actually based on shamanic practices, really, um, working with them as allies, speaking to them, um, literally building relationships with each of the plants. So I'm very excited about that. And all of that can be found on my website. And I, um, it's linked to my Facebook and my Instagram is Plant Speak. So, yeah, thank you for asking. And I will make sure I have all that in the show notes because it sounds amazing. I love my work. I love my work. (laughs) Yes, I can tell. The listeners, um, they don't realize that you and I can see each other, Mm -hmm. but I can see you lighten up as you're talking about your work. It's amazing. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) It has been an anchor to me as well. You know, it is my work and it is my anchor to be in this world of energy medicine. So... Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. And we'll have to um, set up a few more times to go through those three hours of questions. (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) I hope to see you again soon. Maybe we should do it every season. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. All right. All right. Thank Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am your host, Cindy McMillan, and my website is CynthiaMcMillan.com. Your support means the world to me, and I'm thrilled to have you as part of our podcast community. If you enjoyed what you heard, I'd be incredibly grateful if you could take a minute to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, whether you're a loyal Apple podcast listener, a Spotify enthusiast, or use any other platform, your reviews make a huge difference. Not only do your reviews motivate me to keep creating great content, but they also help others discover the show and become part of our community. So please share your thoughts and feedback. I can't wait to hear from you. And as always, stay tuned for more exciting episodes. Until next time, take care and keep spreading those positive vibes.